Okay, scripture reading today is found in your bulletin. Uh, you can turn in your Bibles or use your bulletin, Philippians chapter 4, and I will read uh, today. If you follow along as I read Philippians 4, verse 10, and I'll read through the end of the chapter. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father, be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet all God's people in Christ Jesus. The brothers and sisters who are with me send greetings. All God's people here send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Thank you, Dan and Thelma. Had an enjoyable week this week. Uh, finals of the basketball, and it was great basketball. My team won, so uh, very exciting. And this first introduction is about that. One of the players on that team, seven feet tall, Jabelle McGee. In 1987, his mother, Pamela, was sitting in church in Englewood, California. And she was in, sitting in church and she was thinking about an abortion that she had scheduled for two days. And uh, she had decided that she was going to terminate that pregnancy. She listened to the message and as she thought about it, sitting there in church, she thought, she actually came to church to, to get some comfort from her decision. She needed comfort from making that hard decision. And instead, she, as she sat there, she thought, no, I can't do that. I can't have an abortion. She canceled it. And uh, she had a baby, Javelle. Now, that was just the beginning of, of her own career. She had had a number of successes. She had played college basketball. She had won a gold medal in the 1984 Olympics for the United States basketball team. And at the age of 24, she decided to keep her baby. She went on to play professional basketball with a baby, and she coached in the WNBA Detroit, uh, Detroit team with her baby. Uh, 
she ended up marrying a man, a minister, and uh, he ended up leaving her because they could not work out their schedules as she had to travel. And uh, so she had to raise her boy all on her own. How excited she was when her son, Javel, was uh, drafted into the NBA. And this is what she had to say. He's my greatest accomplishment and my greatest blessing. And I thought, you know, your greatest accomplishment and your greatest blessing with all the other great things in your life, and yet it's this little baby that you almost terminated that pregnancy. Um, she ended up uh, looking after, she became his manager uh, of his finances, and uh, every time he wants to buy something, he has to, have to, has to ask his mother if he can buy it. And uh, the latest squabble happened when he wanted to buy an SUV. And so he called his mother up and he said, can you please transfer the money, money into my account? And she looked at it and she goes, no, you can't have an SUV. She goes, you're not LeBron James. You can't buy the same stuff LeBron James buys. LeBron James is on his third deal. Uh, you can't. And by the way, your grandmother used to scrub toilets for $1.25 an hour, so you're not going to throw money away. And so he had to go out and find a better, cheaper car, a Chevy Tahoe, at 0% zero, zero financing. She okayed that. And he was a lot of excitement in the McGee family, of course, when for the first time he won the NBA championship. And, uh, and uh, I just thought that was so exciting. I thought about that, and I thought about this woman who would say, my son is the best thing I've done. He's my greatest accomplishment, and he's my greatest blessing. And uh, I hope that all the fathers that are here today can say the same thing. My kids are my greatest accomplishment and my greatest blessing. That's the way life should be. That's the, way, uh, that's the attitudes we should have as fathers. Uh, that is uh, the commitment we should have to our children. And uh, I also know that it never, you, you never finish with the task. It, it keeps going. Scripture uh, passage for today. Um, I've got four points for you from Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 through 14. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last you have sprouted again to think about me on which you were thinking all along, but you lacked opportunity. And verse 14, nevertheless, you did well partnering together in my affliction. Point number one, as Christians, we must form partnerships in the gospel. We must form partnerships in the gospel. Uh, part of that is going to a church and belonging to a church. Part of that is helping those who are missionaries. Part of that is encouraging those who are following the Lord Jesus Christ, encouraging them in their faith. Forming partnerships in the gospel. The Philippians did it with the Apostle Paul over and over again. Notice what Paul says. First of all, he says, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly. He's rejoicing, and he's rejoicing in Jesus Christ, and he's giving Jesus Christ the praise because of what they're doing. It's not just a little bit of grief. He says, I'm rejoicing greatly. Megalos is the Greek word. Mega. Big time. He's rejoicing. 
because you have again given to me. I've translated it, you have sprouted again to think about me. You at last renewed your concern for me. And uh, they were thinking about the Apostle Paul. Now they'd been thinking all along, but they, they, could, they couldn't find him. Right? He had gone to jail. He had left uh, on the third journey and had gone to Jerusalem, arrested in Jerusalem. It takes a while for the Philippians to hear about that. He was then imprisoned in Caesarea for a long time. It takes a while for the Philippians to hear about that. He was then transported to Rome. And you know something? When they transport prisoners, they don't tell you when they're going to do that. They just say, okay, today's the day. Let's go. We're going to the ship. And off he goes on ship, and you know he has a shipwreck on the way. They didn't know about that. He finally is in prison in Rome. Uh, they don't know where he is. They don't know what he's doing. And so when at last they find out, they go, we got to send help to Paul. we got to help him however we can. And so they send one of their own, Epaphroditus, to go to where Paul is and to take him some help, to take him some material things. And I wrote down partners in trouble. We must form partners in the gospel. Notice verse 14. It was good of you to share in my troubles. We're partners in this. Uh, number, so have you formed partnerships in the gospel? You committed yourself, joined with others in serving the Lord Jesus Christ and following Jesus Christ. Point number two. Not only must we form partnerships in the gospel, number two, we must be like the Apostle Paul. We must learn the secret of being content. Verse 11, I'm not saying this because I'm in, I'm in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. We must learn the secret of being content. Uh, it's funny that he says, I have learned, and I just wrote down, what is experience? Experience is what you get when you don't get what you want. That's experience. The school of time comes with troubles and winds thrown in, and you must learn contentment, like the Apostle Paul. Here's what that word means, to be content. It's used to describe the person who through discipline has become independent of external circumstances, independent of external circumstances, and who discovered within himself resources that were more than adequate for any situation that might arise. Here is Paul's situation. Here are his problems that he is currently undergoing as he writes this. Number one, his fellow Jews have taken him and thrown him in jail because they want to kill him. And in fact, a large number of them have taken blood oaths to kill him if they have the opportunity. That's a problem. Number two, he's in a Roman prison facing an uncertain trial before Nero. Christians didn't know what they were going to get when they tried before Nero. Going to court can be quite unnerving in the best of times. And having it hang over your head where literally you can lose your head, yikes. Number three, being in prison for years is no picnic. It's difficult. It's hard. Demoralizing. Depressing. Number four, 
Paul has a physical disability or illness. In Corinthians, he calls it a thorn in the flesh. In fact, in the book of Galatians, we find out that he actually has to go to churches that he goes to because he can't travel anymore because he's too sick. And so he actually has to stop at certain cities because he's so sick. And when he's so sick, he actually starts churches there. Wow, that's, that's doing a great job. But he's got problems. He's got physical problems. Number five, more problems. He has had enough beatings and hardships that his body is hurt. Number six, he has Christians scattered around the world and some in very churches that he started who can't stand him or his leadership. And there are some Christians who are abandoning, abandoning their faith. Number seven, Paul has set up his mission in such a way that he funds himself by working. That's where, his, that's where his support comes from. His support is based on him working and, 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 and making ends meet. He's in prison. He's got no money coming in. And yet, in the middle of all that, Paul says, I'm content. Don't worry about me. The Philippians are going, we've got to send Paul something. Like, look at his situation. Paul goes, don't even think about it. I'm okay. Wow. I'd be sending back little messages. Send as much as you can. This is hard. <laughs> I need more help. <laughs> Send a few dollars if you got them. He's content. And he says, he says it this way. He says, I've learned the secret of being content. That word is used uh, in the, Greek, uh, the Greeks at the time for, for joining a mystery religion. When you joined a mystery religion, you sign up with the religion, and you don't really know everything about it until you're in it for a long time, and eventually you uncover more and more about it. It's kind of like being a Scientology, right? Very secretive, and as you join, and the further you go in the religion, the more you find out about it. It's called a mystery religion. Same thing with Mormonism, right? They don't tell you up front everything about it. As you join it, you find out, i got to wear special underwear all the time, right? I got, what, i got to go to a temple, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta have all. I gotta have a year's worth of supplies in my house in case time. Like they don't tell you all this up front. You learn it as you go along in the religion. That's the word he uses. He goes, "I've learned the secret of being content." Something that you learn as you follow Jesus and you depend upon Him. By the way, it's not a secret. He's going to tell you the secret. Uh, we have to learn the secret of being content. I've told you this a number of times, but I know all of you haven't heard it. A number of years ago, uh, we lived in a house that was like five doors down from the church, and we didn't have a dishwasher. And I remember thinking to myself, if I just had a dishwasher, my life would be good. I remember thinking that. If I just had a dishwasher, life would be so much better, because <laughs> it looks like you just open it up, throw things in there, and magically they go, set the, put, you know, go back into the cupboard and appear on the table. If, if I just had a dishwasher, life would be better. Well, eventually we redesigned the kitchen and we put in a dishwasher. Life was wonderful for about two weeks. <laughs> and after two weeks, there was some other problem, <laughs> something else that would bring discontent and uh, ruined my perfectly wonderful world uh, after I had my dishwasher. But we go through life that way. If I just had a better car, 
or if I just had a newer car, or if I just had that house, or if I just had that yard, or if I just went on that vacation, or if I just had that job. Right? He goes on and on and on, uh, never content. And you'll find that even when you get the things that you want, you're still not content. Because the secret to contentment is not having things. It's not even being in good situations. It's not be even being in a perfect situation. That's not what brings contentment. Uh, I read this from a pastor online. read a story about a Jewish man in Hungary, and he went to his rabbi and he complained. And he said, life is unbearable. There are nine of us living in one room. What can I do? The rabbi answered, take your goat into the room with you. The man was incredulous. The rabbi insisted, do as I say and come back in a week. A week later, the man returned looking more distraught than before. We can't stand it, he told the rabbi. The goat is filthy. The rabbi said, go home, let the goat out and come back in a week. A week later, the man returned, radiant. Life is beautiful. We enjoy every minute of it now that there's no goat. Only the nine of us. Airline flight, an airline pilot was fl flying over the Tennessee mountains. He pointed out a lake to his co-pilot. He said, see that little lake? When I was a kid, I used to sit in a rowboat down there fishing. And every time a plane would fly overhead, I'd look up and wish I was flying it. Now, I look down and wish I was in that rowboat fishing. <laughs> we uh, have many circumstances that we can be discontent with. And I wrote down a few, a few of them, such as a marriage. You can be discontent with a marriage and think, if I just had a better partner or a different partner, it would be better. Of course, you would be joining the new relationship, so it wouldn't really be better. Or you look at your finances and you might think, wow, if I just had $10,000, my life would be good. Or if I just had a better job, or that promotion, or better remuneration, or better job security, or if I just had better looks, if I was a better size, if I was a different race, or a different sex, or if I had better health, if I didn't have cancer, if my heart was strong, if I was 20 years younger, <laughs> you can go on and on. Paul says, it doesn't matter what circumstances I'm in. Any situation, every circumstance, I'm content. And I've learned the secret of being content. The secret is found in verse 13. And it is one of the most famous things that Paul writes. And it's a verse that you should have memorized. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. That's the secret to being content. I can be content because Jesus Christ is my Lord and Jesus Christ is with me and Jesus Christ empowers me. That's why I can be content. Now, that's a positive outlook. That's point number three. We must have a positive outlook on our ability to thrive. I can do all things. Now, I told you my team won this week, and Stephon Curry wearing a ball cap. 
strong Christian, the front of his ball cap, I can do all things. That was the, that was the slogan. And that's one of his special slogans. Gets it right from the Apostle Paul. I can do all things. When times are hard, I can live a great life and be content because I've learned the secret. Jesus Christ empowers me. And when I'm successful, I can be content because Jesus Christ empowers me. Yesterday I saw in the news, large number of Chaldean Iraqis being deported by the U.S. government. I feel sad. Chaldean Christians have been persecuted for centuries, and almost all Chaldeans are Christian. Uh, they're actually the ancient Assyrians. Remember the Assyrians from the Old Testament from Nineveh? Those are the Chaldeans. And uh, there is a large percentage of them that are Christians, and a large number of them have uh, immigrated to the United States. But a number of them are being deported. Uh, Iraqi, they're Iraqi Christians, Chaldean Christians. Now, part of the reason they're being deported is they break the law. So if you're an illegal immigrant, you get arrested, you've broken the law, what they're doing now is they send you home. Part of me goes, well, you shouldn't have broken the law, <laughs> right? You brought this on yourself. The other part of me is going, these Christians are going to the slaughter. As I watched them on the news, I saw that they were quite discontent. And I thought about this passage. As Christians... They should be content whether they stay in the United States or they go back to Iraq because Jesus Christ is on their side and Jesus Christ is empowering them. They can be content in their situation if they follow the example of the Apostle Paul. By the way, he gave his life because he was a Christian. I can have joy. I can be everything that God wants me to be. It has nothing to do with anything that happens around me because Jesus Christ gives me his strength. Takes us to point number four. How can I do all things by getting our strength from Jesus Christ? Jesus said it this way. I am the true vine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am in the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Promise. If you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. You will be a successful, prosperous Christian and follower of Jesus Christ. Bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. In Jesus Christ, we can do anything and everything. And apart from him, we can't do anything. The secret of being content, leaning on Jesus Christ and depending upon him. Uh, I would encourage you, memorize that verse there's another one next week we'll talk about that you should memorize, verse 19. My God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. When I was in high school and uh, my assignment came for English class, uh, it was a class presentation. And uh, when my turn came, I just said to the teacher, I'll take a zero because I can't stand up in front of people and talk. That's what I got. I got a zero. 
can't, I can't do class presentations. I'm too afraid of standing in front of people, and I can't talk. And uh, so imagine the irony when I felt led to be a pastor. You've got you to be able to talk in front of people. Uh, otherwise, uh, you can forget about it. And uh, this is one of those verses that you rely on. If Jesus wants me to do it, Jesus gives me the ability to do it. If Jesus wants me in this situation, Jesus gives me the strength to handle it. If Jesus wants me to succeed here, Jesus is going to give me the resources that I need that I can do it. If Jesus wants me to handle this, Jesus is going to give me the grace to go through it. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. I can. You can too. Let's look to the Lord in prayer.